Hey, I'm Pastor Joel, and I just want to say thank you for downloading or streaming this message today. My prayer for you is that you're blessed by the content that you hear. As a church, our desire is to make disciples of Jesus, and we do that by helping people to trust and follow Him in every aspect of their daily life. So if this is something that blesses you, we just hope that you'll feel free to share this with others so that they might be encouraged and challenged by it as well. Leslie Tall here for 60 Seconds, your favorite investigative TV show. We received a tip earlier today that there was a man in this, uh, how would you say, not-so-great neighborhood throwing an over-the-top banquet for anybody and everybody who would come. Let's find out what's going on. Hi, Leon. Tell me what's going on here. Well, Leslie... Uh, it's my parents 60th wedding anniversary and it's a really big deal so you know we need to decide to make a, a big banquet and so I called my brother and he said that you know they had just bought a condo in Cabo they weren't going to be able to come so he sent me a bottle of wine so I called my sister and she said that they were busy uh, they just bought an RV, and they're going out west. So she sent me a gift card, you know, to buy some chicken or something at Walmart. So I called my parents' friend of 30 years, their neighbor, and he said that he had just married a younger woman and that he didn't think my parents would approve, so he wasn't going to be able to come either. So, you know, that's kind of where it started. So you were throwing a party, and nobody would come. I understand that, but, but how did we get here in this neighborhood? Well, Leslie, you know, I just, we wanted it to be a really big deal. And so we just decided that we were going to invite anybody and everybody that, you know, we'll just make it to where everybody is welcome. Well, but you never know how somebody's going to act or what they're going to do or who's going to come. Some people would say it's kind of reckless. Well, on the contrary, Leslie. You know, just take Irving over here. These people are so thankful. They may have never had this chance to be able to attend something like this. And, I mean, just look at him. He's enjoying himself over here. Irving, it looks like you are uh, really taking part in this feast. Tell me about how you got here. Hey, am I on TV? Yes, you are. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, I was down there couple blocks from here, soup kitchen, and my new friend Leon up here came and said, hey, how would you like to go to a great banquet? No strings attached. And I'm going, why me? He said, I want to celebrate my parents' 60th anniversary with everybody. And I'm here to tell you, no one has ever done anything like that for me. Have you tried this food? Not, not yet. Well, thank you, Irving. Well, so Leon... Now, where do we go from here? Well, Leslie, you know, like I said, everyone is invited. You know, if you can hear my voice right now within the sound of my voice, you are welcome to come. Even you, Leslie, you are welcome to come. So, you know what? Everybody come. We've got plenty of food. It's a big party. Come on out. And what a banquet it is for everybody who has accepted the invitation. And those who were just too busy, they have missed out on the celebration of a lifetime. Leslie Tall here for 60 Seconds. We'll see you next week.
That's quite the investigative story, and uh, so thankful to be able to share that with you all this morning. Hope everybody's doing great. If you have a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 14, and we're going to see how Jesus talks about something very similar to what we just experienced with this great banquet that's taking place. We're in a teaching series about parables and just looking at some of the things that Jesus says to us. And uh, man, I hope you guys really enjoyed getting to hear things about our mission trips from this summer, getting to see the baptism videos and testimonies of these young ladies uh, who are following Jesus and being baptized. There's some great things that are taking place in the life of our church right now. And, uh, and so with that, we're going to be trying to get through uh, as well with the great things we've heard, this next great aspect of being able to understand what Jesus has to say to us so that we can be followers of his as well. That's the point of how Jesus uses parables. It's not just to entertain us. It's not just so that we have stories in our repertoire to be able to, to tell other people or as parents to be able to share with our kids sometimes. I actually had an interesting situation this week where one of my kids in our conversation time, we were doing our discipleship time in the morning, and uh, I asked him a question and was sharing with him some things that I was personally struggling with in my life, and he came back at me with, well, Dad, it, it reminds me of a parable that Jesus told one time. <laughs> and the parable uh, that he shared with me, I was like, oh, yeah, like that is really helpful for me to know now how to engage in the world and act in my situation that I'm struggling with and dealing with. And so these parables that Jesus gives to us are meant to help us be better disciples, better followers of Jesus. Not just so we have stories to understand, to entertain us, and to tell with, to others, but so that it shapes our life and how we move forward with things. And so in Luke's gospel, Jesus has been invited to share in a meal, a banquet, and he's at the home of a Pharisee, and he's not there just for the fun of sharing a meal with someone. This is something that would happen with rabbis who would travel around to different areas. Once they would come into a new area, the Pharisee or the higher rabbi in that area would invite them to a banquet. And the point was to come and share a meal so that the other religious leaders could ask that rabbi questions. What do you believe? What do you think philosophically? What do you think religiously? What do you think culturally? What do you think politically? And they would just ask these hard questions and, and they would want to know what's going on. In fact, Luke tells us that when Jesus gets invited to this Pharisee's house, that part of the point of him being there was that they were watching him closely. They're suspicious about Jesus and they want to know what he's about. They want to know what he's doing and they want to see if they can find something wrong. In fact, at this meal, Jesus heals a guy. It's Shabbat, the Sabbath, and Jesus heals a guy. So immediately there's some things going, wait a minute, are you allowed to do that on the Sabbath? Does that work? Can, can anybody but God do those kinds of things? And so Jesus is in a moment where he's being challenged, where he's being pressed, where he's being questioned. And so in the middle of all this, he starts to talk about what he believes. He starts to share some of his views. And so here's what we find in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back. And so you'll be repaid, right? And so Jesus says, listen, if, if you just invite people who are like you and your rich, wealthy neighbors and, and your family members, all they're going to do is have you back to their house the next week. And then everybody's going to be even and you're repaid. Everything's good. So he says this, but when you give a banquet, verse 13, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Jesus basically says, look for those who nobody else asks to come to parties. Look for the outcast. And then he says in verse 14, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. 
And so Jesus says, listen, if you'll go out and invite people who can't pay you back, who can't do anything for you, they can't have you to their house and have a nice banquet. Maybe they don't have a house. Maybe they can't afford to have a banquet. Maybe they could never take you out to lunch and pay for your meal. Jesus goes, that's the kind of people you should invite in. Because when you do that, it's not about getting reward being paid back by them. It's about being rewarded by your father who's in heaven and who sees what you do for his children. And then Jesus launches into a parable because the guy sitting at the table with Jesus in verse 15 says, now, when one of those at the table heard him say this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And that might sound like a really generic statement to just go, man, wouldn't it be awesome to be one who's blessed enough to eat in the, at the banquet at the table of God in the kingdom of God? But really, this is a challenge because there was something that was going on in Israel since the time of Isaiah. 700 years prior to Jesus's life and ministry, Isaiah had written about a great messianic banquet that would take place at some point in the future. And Isaiah's vision of this messianic banquet that would be that it would be for the Jewish people, those who were religious and pious and followed God wholeheartedly and served God the way that the Jewish people did. But Isaiah also said the people who would get invited to that banquet would be poor and lame and crippled and blind. And the Jewish people went, whoa, that doesn't fit the narrative of what we think about in our society. Those people are, tend to be outcasts. God doesn't love them. And so they're kind of outcast. And then Isaiah goes on further and goes, and by the way, it'll be a banquet for all the nations. Gentiles will be included in God's kingdom in his messianic banquet. And now the Jews really start to go, whoa, 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 that's not right. And so there were a lot of people in the Jewish religious community that would, that would, uh, not take the teachings of Isaiah and follow them. They would say, no, he was wrong on that. This is only strictly for Jewish, religious, pious people. And so when this, this guy says this statement, blessed are those who get to come and eat at the banquet of the kingdom of God, he wants to see what Jesus is going to say. Who does that include? Is it what Isaiah says or is it what we say? And so here's Jesus's parable and here's what he teaches. Verse 16, Jesus replied, there was a certain man who was preparing a great banquet and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. And so we immediately learn a few things about this guy. He's prepared a banquet. He's sent out invitations ahead of time. This is like when you get invited to a wedding that's gonna be three months away or six months away, the invitations have been sent. You're supposed to mark your calendar and prepare yourself for it. This guy's done that. He's gone to great expense. Uh, expense personally, financially. He's done all the hard work to get this banquet prepared. And so that's where we find our guy. And that's what we learn about this master. And then the servant of this guy is enthusiastic about going and doing the work of the master to invite everybody to come in. Here's what it says in verse 18. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first person that had been invited said, well, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, well, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on the way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, well, I just got married, so I can't come. And here's what we find in this. The guests, they're making excuses. These are not even valid reasons. They're just excuses. They're making up stuff to go, no, we're not going to come and do that. Because remember, invitations have been sent out. A date had been put on the calendar. This is when the banquet was supposed to take place. Be ready for it when it comes. I'm going to call for you to come. And on the day that it comes, they start going, you know what? I, I bought a piece of land. I got to go check that out. Nobody does that. 
You don't do that in this culture. You don't just buy a piece of land, not knowing what it's like, if it's uh, habitable. What's that word? Habit, what? I'm not even going to say that. You can't live on it. (laughs) I had it in my notes. Probably go back and find it. Habitable. Thank you very much. You guys should be clapping for me right now. Thank you. Sometimes as a pastor, you start just talking and things don't come out just right. And that's why people show me grace. And so thank you for that. Uh, but it, you, know, you don't do this. Does it have good irrigation? Is it somewhere you can raise crops? Can you put your, uh, your animals and livestock on it to raise them? Like, no one's going to go and just buy a property and not know what they've got. All right, then the second guy goes, well, I've just bought you know, some oxen, these teams of oxen. I got to go try them out. Again, nobody would do that. You would want to know on the front end, do they work well together when they're yoked with one another? Do they have the same stamina? Are they in good shape? I'm not going to buy something that's not going to last for a long time. What if I bought old oxen? I didn't even know. I thought I was buying young oxen. Now I've got these old ones. They're going to die in a year or two. Like you don't do these kinds of things. Then can we just show a moment of silence and respect for the third guy who just goes, man, I got married and I can't come. So, uh, you know, anybody been there before? Uh, It's like, thought I was still going to be a social person, but then I got married and it's like, my life is over and I can't do anything. My wife said, sorry, I can't. Uh, Actually, we're kind of making some light of that, but the reality is in this, this is the worst excuse of all. He just basically says, nah, I can't come. And he makes the excuse by tossing on his wife. Well, I'm married. What wife doesn't want to come to an amazing banquet? I mean, have you guys seen this table up here? <laughs> Who doesn't want to go to a nice all expenses paid for meal with somebody's home in a nice place and eat great food? Like, yeah, you want to bring your wife to that party. Right? And so he's just making an excuse. And so Jesus tells us what happens in the middle of that. And I don't know if you've ever had to be the bearer of bad news before, but the servant has to come back to his master and go, hey, Everybody you invited, they all rejected you. In the last minute, they just said no. And it's a slap in the face of this guy. And so you go, man, what's he going to do? And the proper response, my response, (laughs) would be retaliate. Get back at him. Do something else. But look at this. Verse 21, the servant came back and he reported this to the master and the owner of the house became angry. Anybody else would be angry in that situation? You spent all this money, you prepared all this food, nobody shows up. But he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. And so I want you to see here how the master responds. He's angry, but he doesn't get vengeance. He displays grace. He goes, okay, if they don't want to come, I've got the banquet. Go get other people. Go into the streets and invite people in. And the servant goes, I did that already. And there's some people here, but there's still room. And so the master goes, then go farther and go out and find lame people and blind people and crippled people and people who you have to drag to get here. Like you compel them to come. And that word that Jesus uses in this parable is pretty interesting because there's a difference in forcing someone to come and compelling someone to come, right? Now, I could grab you by the arm, twist it behind your back, and force you to walk with me somewhere by the pressure that I put on you. I could force you. Or I could compel you by going, 
hey, I, I know this is too good to be true. It sounds incredible and it's weird and random and I know I just met you, but my master, who's about a mile and a half from here, he's got this incredible banquet. I mean, the table's set, the food's there. It's unbelievable. There's gonna be free entertainment for the whole evening and all you have to do is come. It's all expenses paid. You just gotta show up. Now, just go get in the van over here with me and we'll drive down to the plate, right? That would be creepy for us too, right? Nobody's jumping in that guy's van unless he could compel you that what he's saying is legitimate. Right, like, no, look, here's the website, here's the address, here's a picture of my master with all the food on the table. Like, it's real, it's legitimate, you should come. What do I have to do to convince you to come? We won't get in the van, I'll walk with you if it's safer, right? Like, just come. Come to the party, come to the banquet. And so in the middle of all this, Jesus wants us to know, and this is the first blank on your outline if you're following along with us taking notes this morning, that the heart of God is to connect. The heart of God is to connect. He wants us to connect to his Father. He wants us to connect to one another. He wants us to connect with truth. God wants us to connect. And so this invitation that he sends out is supposed to compel us. And I want to give you three things that we need to know this morning. First is this, you were made for a person. In the story, there's this master who wants to have a relationship with people, who wants them to come to his banquet. This is Jesus. You were made for a relationship with him. He wants you to come and be in his presence. You're made for that. The second thing is this, you were made for a place. This banquet that we're talking about and the, the man who asked Jesus the question you know, or says the statement, blessed is the one who gets to be a part of the banquet at the kingdom of God. You were made for a place with God at his banquet in his heaven, an eternal banquet. That's gonna be the best thing you've ever engaged in, the best thing you've ever seen, the best thing you could possibly imagine, a too good to be true invitation that you can have your sins forgiven be brought into God's heaven and spend eternity with him in celebration. We're invited into that. The third thing is we're invited for a purpose. We're made for a purpose to know God and to make him known. Then once we know God, we become like this servant who's sent out and says, hey, go and compel people to come. Go and invite people and let them know that even though it sounds too good to be true, it's legitimate, it's real. There's a God who loves them. There's forgiveness for their sins. There's a next step for them to take. There's a place for them to belong for eternity. And our responsibility as servants of the master is to go out and compel people to come and join us at the banquet. And so this morning, we're gonna do that through the lens of taking communion and engaging in communion. It's part of the banquet that we get to experience here on earth. Jesus said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And the meal that Jesus shared with his disciples, the, the last supper, when he took the Passover meal of the Old Testament and he brought it into a New Testament context and he said, all of these things from the Old Testament are fulfilled in me. And so this is my body, this bread, it's broken for you. This is my blood, this wine that you drink. It's poured out for you. And through engaging in this, you're invited into relationship, into the banquet of the kingdom of God. 
And so as we do this this morning, I want to talk to to two groups really quickly. Number one, as disciples of Jesus. Those of you who follow Jesus are his disciples. He, He asks us to be like this servant. How are you doing in going out and inviting people in to the banquet? Do you see that as your role and your responsibility to be a servant of the master who goes and compels others to come in? The second group of people that I would talk to this morning are maybe those of you in the room who don't know Jesus. You're not a follower. You don't know him in a personal, intimate way. The question for you would be, what excuse are you making? Like the three guys who gave excuses here why they couldn't come to the banquet, what excuse are you making? And I want you to know, if you continue to make excuses, there may come a day when the invitation for you stops. Either you die outside of a relationship with Jesus and there's no opportunity to accept him once you die or the spirit of God simply stops convicting you to come. So what excuse are you making? Are you want to play that game and keep taking that risk? Here's what Jesus said in verse 24. I tell you, not one of those who were originally invited will get a taste of my banquet. There comes a time where Jesus says, you're done. They're out. And so we want to make sure we don't play that game. And so this morning as we take communion, I'm going to invite Cliff Ward. He's our lead elder to come and join me. And he's going to lead us through this celebration of communion this morning. But as we do this, I'll just ask you to think along these lines. If you've not been a follower of Jesus, there's two things that I want you to know as we go into this period of time this morning. If you're not a follower of Jesus, when we engage in communion, it's okay with you to let this time just pass. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this means nothing to you really. And this is something for us as his disciples, his believers. So you don't have to engage in this and you can just let this moment pass. However, If you're not a follower of Jesus, but today you want to make the commitment to follow him, you want to accept the invitation to the banquet, then the cup that you received on your way in this morning, when we lead this through communion, we invite you to participate for the first time as a follower of Christ. And then there's a connection card in the chairs around you. If you're watching online, there's a connection card on our website that you can go to and just fill that out and check the box that says, I want to know more about following Jesus. Let us have that. Tell somebody this morning, today I stepped into a relationship with Jesus and I want to know him and grow in my faith. And we would love to help you take those next steps to follow after him in obedience. Thanks so much for checking out our message today. We hope you are challenged and blessed by it. We want to invite you to come and worship with us in person if you live in the Tri-Cities area. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at One Fellowship Point in Kingsport, Tennessee. You can also get more information about us from our website or our mobile app. Have a great day.